Hey, I'm Fred. And I'm Ant. And this is Create a Generation. Create a Generation of Hype. Find out where your interests are. Find those channels on YouTube that fill that interest, that have views. So someone that's still putting out content, they're getting decent views, and learn from them. This week on the podcast, unfortunately, no Phoebe. But we have an awesome guest, Dre, from the YouTube channel and brand, Glory Allen. Dre runs quite a new channel that helps people learn how to sew, not the stereotypical doilies, really cool clothes. And Dre has a great business and great products off the back of that. So let's get into it and find out what Dre's got cooking. Let's get into it. All right, we're back with another episode of Creator Generation. This week, joined by Dre, otherwise known as the creator behind Glory Allen and um, long-time listeners, which is everyone, would know that I'll cook it up if I go any further with, with this introduction. So, um, Dre, what's Glory Allen? And maybe a bit of an intro on who you are and what are you doing? Sure. Thanks, Ant. Uh, Glory Allen is um, my brand. It's a YouTube channel where I teach people how to sew. Um, I do ready-to-wear fashion as well. It started off as just an Instagram page housing a bunch of my handmade designs. And then as I picked up the YouTube side, as I got more traction, more uh, ideas, and uh, I guess like production as well, it just became like this actual brand, not just a a hobby page. And now I'm at like 123,000 subscribers on YouTube. I'm throwing out sewing tutorials. Um, I've got some more series like sewing advice. I got some fashion videos coming out so all in the fashion clothing realm awesome and i'm not sure about you but as i've gotten like a little bit older as well i find like wanting to know how to sew things and and do that kind of things to become more, more interesting to me like i've been like specifically interested in that topic um in fact the other day i was i was traveling and in the hotel, they actually gave you a, like left a sewing kit, like a little one in the thing, and it was the only thing I took from the hotel. Like, oh, great a sewing kit! I really need one of those. I put it in my bag, and yeah. I had to ask security if we could take it onto the plane because I had nowhere else to put it. And they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah." So, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, it's just something that I've been thinking. Of, I don't know why, but I've been thinking about it a lot lately. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's but what's interesting about what what Dre's doing? It's not like sewing up a rip in your old man pants uh, while you're traveling. I know, I know, I know. Um, I know. And I think for context, say, everyone should Generally, know. the interest in sewing has become something that's more prevalent to me. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I've seen your stuff. <laughs> but, but yeah, but the people listening won't know that. Like, Dre's a young dude yeah, it's true. making, like, cool stuff like and showing people how to make... I mean, Dre, you tell me, like, what, what, like what's, what's your aesthetic? Like, what's your style? Like, what are these clothes? Oh, the style is... I find it hard to describe because I try to keep it like gender neutral. I try to make it uh, stylish, but not like overly pushing it. Like I want to make sure there's a broad enough audience that can enjoy it. So, I mean, I'm doing the basics like a t-shirt, a hoodie, but I guess there's like finer details where I'm making the cut a little bit wider, a little bit shorter to fit, um, fit something that I would want to wear. So like, Sometimes I call it streetwear. Sometimes it's not with like air quotes streetwear enough to be called streetwear. But like to me, it's it's like soft streetwear. You know, it's like clothing everyone can wear it. And and as I put out more designs, I think it'll be defined better. But right now, it's still pretty much in its infancy. So streetwear is like a good yeah. general term, but it's still like kind of fluid. Yeah. And there's like you know examples are like you know a bucket hat that that you told me the other day is just 
banging. It's like, you know, still the number one thing that people are into. Like the tea is not just a tea. It's like a heavier cut box tea. It's a little bit cooler, um, if we're allowed to say that, than your average sort of like sewing channel. Like you're a young dude making like cool stuff and showing people how to do it with really cool videos. You've only been at this, what, not not quite two years? Is that right? Like, or just on? So, like, what got you into it and into making videos about it? So, what got me into sewing, it was, uh, I, I used to spend my summers at my grandma's house in between university. And she doesn't know, she doesn't have Wi-Fi, internet, she doesn't even know what that is. So, I'm just stuck there with limited data because I'm just on, like, a student plan. And I was trying to figure out things to do. And she had a sewing machine in the kitchen in its case. And one day I was like, let's make something. Let's, I have all these jeans. I had like very baggy jeans and then it was getting to the, the slimmer skinny jean era. So we tapered a pair of jeans and then ever since then I just tapered all the jeans I had. And then I was like, okay, what's, what's the next challenge? So I just started making, the first thing I made was like a mini tote bag. And then I was just pretty fired up about that and started getting into more uh complicated more extravagant designs and uh the youtube side like i used to make videos as a kid used to borrow my mom's digital camera and run around with my brothers make these funny little uh skits or like videos at home on windows movie maker back in the day and so i've always been keen on video and now just having both passions or like hobbies kind of line up in in a convenient way to to release on youtube is kind of like where both those interests came together because the the the, the, like the youtube and the insta content started more of like the fashion like you as a designer like a showing you as a designer right like what morphed to teaching people to sew like where'd that come from that's pretty different definitely so when i first started the brand it was in my mind a fashion company so i'm out here trying to release like t-shirt design, sweaters, but I felt like IG was very saturated. So I just figured YouTube would be a good play. I saw some people on YouTube doing some entertaining like painting videos or um, other artsy videos, but they weren't tutorials. They were just entertainment. So I figured that I could be one of those guys, but for sewing. And that's how I would release my brand. That's how I promote it. And it's on a different platform than what everyone else is on. And it was doing okay. I think I had like 600-ish subs after 12 videos. And then there's my one video I released was like a streetwear necklace. And that's when I got a lot of comments being like, hey, can you drop a tutorial? When are you going to drop a tutorial? And there's a point when I had so many comments, I was like, yeah, I should just listen to the people. So I made a tutorial on that and it got pretty good traction. So... That's when the idea came out to just pivot and just start making sewing tutorials. And so I dropped the bucket hat, which you mentioned earlier. It's still my most viewed video, uh, most popular DIY kit. And like just seeing the results from that right off the bat, I was like, okay, this is where I got to keep going. So I just kept going tote bag, uh, holster bag, t-shirt, Suna bag, and like it's, I'm getting good feedback on them. So I'm just going to keep running with it. Yeah. It's actually fascinating. Like, you know, we were talking before, um, like m- my interest in sewing hadn't been about like fixing things, but more about adding uh, character to things I- I've already had that, I- that were irritating me that I th- didn't have enough. Um, but it- it's really interesting because this, I think we're sort of in an era of accessibility, right? People who 
want to learn new skills or want to want to want to do something now have that ability to actually go ahead and do that and like channels like yours are giving them that ability to you know if you do want to make this here's a tutorial on, on how to make that and just those skills like learning some of those skills and getting into it and feeling it's achievable is so powerful and we've seen that a lot on youtube it's like this age of access where creators are building logical framework for people to take that step and then getting people really into it and really passionate about it where they would never have been able to if they didn't have that access so it's a pretty it's pretty um you know phenomenal time and one of the things i'm sort of interested in is have you how has the feedback been from the people who've been taking your tutorials have you got much you know feedback saying this has sort of changed my life 100 <laughs> percent. like uh, like all my videos have a good amount of comments the popular ones have the most but I think it's really, it's really fulfilling for me to see on the comments, like people around the world, everywhere, like in Asia, South America, just posting, Hey, this tutorial helped me so much. This is my first time sewing. Some people are doing the boxy tee, which is it's knit. So it's actually mm. one of the harder fabrics to work with. And I, I definitely wouldn't recommend it to a beginner, but some, someone did it as their first project and it was amazing. And they posted that on Instagram. I replied, I was like, this is a, such a good feeling. And I've had a couple people message or like comment on my videos that my tutorials help them get into fashion school, which is insane for me. I was like, I haven't even been to fashion school. Like, good for you. I'm so glad that my videos have helped. Awesome. It must be, it must be super rewarding, especially when there's something like, you, you haven't been to fashion school, but you've been able to give people this really good foundational understanding of like, you know, one, how to do things, but two, like lead their passion, which is, which is must be super rewarding. Um, do you, what do you feel then is going to be like the, the next iteration for you in your content? Well, I definitely, so I only have like eight or nine, like DIY tutorials. Mm. Um, I have like other informational ones, but I only have like nine. There's a lot more that I want to release in the clothing side. Um, but I also want to differentiate the content because I feel like just as a YouTuber, sewing tutorials is pretty niche and if you have a sewing machine it, it it applies to you but if you don't there's like this whole other side in the fashion world that isn't looking at my videos so i want to differentiate and add some more like styling or fashion videos maybe some thrifting and i also like down down the line i want to get into more diys but outside of sewing so just making it one like more accessible so you don't have to have this two three hundred dollar sewing machine, an easy DIY for clothing without a machine, and then also DIYs outside of the sewing world. Well, hey, like Dre, like you first came across my radar because you're doing a a brand collab with Singer for um, people to like get hands on on a machine, which is pretty cool. Um, and I thought that was pretty interesting. But then, like, started digging around and saw what you were doing with your. I guess your, pro your products like the Glory Allen shop, which is like super interesting with, well, maybe, and like I looked at it from the outside looking in and I went like, this is kind of like, you look like the my hypothesis of like, air quote, the creator middle class, like the opportunity for like, you know, like you've got 120 something thousand subscribers, which in, in like is a lot of people and you get a lot of people watch your videos. But like in this day and age, like, it, it's not perceived as like a mega audience, which I think is wrong. But anyway, like, let me go on my rant here. Come, like, 
come on the journey. Um, it's always been like, you know, you need a million plus subscribers or lots of views and, and then like that's the money, like then the career opportunities and sustainability will follow. But I was like snooping around your products and like saw, I guess actually I'll let you explain what the product is, but I saw this and I was like, damn, this looks like, I like this. This is super smart. It's really aligned. It looks like something you can, like it would appeal to your audience, but also more broadly, like it, it could transcend your specific audience. Um, and then like you've got other layers to it as as well. But instead of me stealing your thunder because it's like your genius, like can you sort of explain like the different things that you've got on your, like the Glory Allen shop and like the different products because it's, yeah, it's super, super interesting. Actually, a funny note on the, the Singer partnership too is I went on live uh, like... When was it? In July, I think. And they're the my like I guess like core fans are joining me on live. They're commenting in this one account who I've seen on comments before. Uh, her name's Eileen, and she commented on that live. She's like, "I reached out to Singer. I wanted them to like work with you somehow. I hope that they read it. This and that." And literally the next day was when Singer reached out to me. So I wasn't sure if it was because she messaged maybe someone else or they just eventually found me but i just find it like such a funny coincidence she would tell me that on my live the first live i've ever done and then the next day i get this dm or like this email from singer hey we want to do something together so i thought that was just hilarious so but you've got some influential fans there maybe that's uh <laughs> <laughs> i'm a, yeah uh pretty lucky uh so the the products on my my shop so i have uh, DIY collection and I have ready to wear and then I have a sewing shop which I'm building out so the DIY side I have these DIY kits so my every tutorial every sewing tutorial is paired with a DIY kit and it comes with everything that I'm using in that video it's got the sewing pattern it's got the fabric the thread all the supplies and the notions so if you wanted to you could buy this kit have it sent straight to your home press play on my video and we would sew the exact same material the exact same steps together um, on top of that, I sell, or maybe not sell, but I give away free sewing patterns as PDFs. So you can go on my site, download and print it locally. Um, and then in the ready to wear side is where I have my fashion items that are ready to wear. So I have a pair of pants that I've made. I have some caps that I've designed t-shirts that one of the t-shirts is like a, a celebratory, like a memento to 12 tutorials. So I feel like that's kind of fun to, as I rack up the numbers, which the numbers are these, I made up this GA code, which is um, just a way to log all the tutorials I'm making and track them. So on the 12th, I made a watch shirt design, which is kind of tied there. And then I'm going to make more as they come along. But yeah, the ready to wear side is fashion, ready to wear items. And and then the sewing shop is something I'm, I'm building out just now. I think it's only got two items, but I have more coming there in production, but just like a, a sewing shop almost, but a little bit different. I think when you look at a lot of sewing tools, they're very traditional or like generic. So I'm trying to give it my own twist, kind of like the sewing tutorials. Like it's not just a t-shirt that you could find on YouTube. It's a boxy tee. It's not just uh, a transparent ruler. It's going to be my transparent ruler. So like my colors, my design. With like still keeping it uh, functional, but like a little bit of more my branding, my style. If I was to open up and like imagine what my 
my toolkit would look like. I'm trying to build out those tools. Awesome. Mm, love it. And why do you not just, like, why do you give away free PDFs of something that's, like, incredibly valuable of these designs, yet you also sell them? Like, what's the thinking here? What are you doing? I just feel like I put myself in the customer or, like, the viewer, the audience's shoes. And the second I see there's a pattern you have to buy or, like, print out yourself, I just find another tutorial instead. Because, it like, it's just such a, a roadblock for me personally so i just figure if i don't want to see it why would i want to become that that type and honestly like there's nothing wrong with it i feel like for the people that do charge for pdf downloads of patterns like there's time and effort a lot of energy that goes into that so it's definitely um right to do that but for me personally like that's just not what i would want so i don't want to be someone i wouldn't want to see Hey, just a quick interruption. We have the Creator Generation Discord community. Join your fellow creators from all over the world. We are here to help you grow, thrive, succeed, help each other be accountable and get it done. So hit the link, join us in the Discord. I look forward to seeing you there. I want to ask a question about something I mentioned before about the creator middle class, which is, you know, the creators who have that, you know, or emerging, maybe have a hundred thousand odd subs, two thousand subs, and people are saying, you know, it's it's hard to to make a, a living. Then uh, we have seen many successful creators, you know, not worry so much about the sub number, but worry more about the audience engagement and the connection to the audience. Um, do you feel though that for you, that's like a really viable audience? Like, you know, there are a good number of people. They are connected enough to you, and you can sell enough product to make it viable for yourself. It's always a tough balance trying to figure out how much how to split my time between like operationally making sure i can source these products like maintain inventory send them out fulfill but also dedicate enough time to have my video cadence two a month maybe one mm-hmm. a month and keep myself engaged with that audience um it's tough and like i don't know i don't there's no right answer but i feel like my current mix is good enough I don't think it's great, but it's good enough. And yeah, I mean, like it, you're always going to be competing with other YouTubers. So the less you put out, the more likely people are to forget about you. But, um, you know, I'm just trying to trying to grow my channel, honestly, the way I feel comfortable with. And for me, that's, you know, making sure the back end, like the people that order kits are getting them on time. They're getting the colors they want instead of being tied to like, two videos, three videos a month. It's just, it's too much of a headache. And I, I just want to be, I want to grow, but I, I still want to be somewhat comfortable. Not mm. not too comfortable that it's it's missed opportunity, but like, I don't want to stress myself out about too much. And there's, as a creator in general, like you got to worry about social, you got to worry about promoting your stuff, the actual products or YouTube, or maybe the products, what, how you monetize the merch. There's so many pieces. And when you're one person, you can't, there's no way to tackle it all in like the perfect formula. So yeah, it's tricky to balance, but you just got to do what you can do. Yeah. And I mean, one of the hardest things that I think we've seen with um, uh, creators who create, you know, channels that have a utility to it, like when they're showing you things or how to is one, they have to learn and master the YouTube video creation side. And two is they have to continue to master the, the craft itself and, you know, be well across that. And it is a massive workload and, and that balance is, is super hard to find sometimes. 
Um, you know, yeah, and it's and it's a tricky one too because I think what you've done very well is you have the tutorial element, but you also have enough ongoing engaging content for to build an audience. Whereas a lot of high tier creators will just have the tutorial content, so people, when people learn something like, oh, I've learned that skill, then they don't come back, and that's really hard for a creator to build an, an audience off. So it's it's hard finding that balance at times, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think what has helped me a lot stay engaged with the audience is being active on social. So other social platforms, especially TikTok, and I think with YouTube Shorts, I'll be engaged a lot more on that. But it gives me a, the fact that there's a platform that I could create content without it being super polished and planned was was key for me. Like the timing of my channel actually with TikTok and all this the and YouTube Shorts, I think is so convenient for me because my TikTok side is not even tutorials. It's just sewing humor. I take like funny trends and I bring it into the sewing niche or I show people behind the scenes of me making a tutorial, me shooting product. And it's a way for me to stay connected with an audience and then hopefully funnel them over to the YouTube side where they'll they'll see the, the once a month drops or the once every two months of a tutorial. I think like diving into sort of want to backtrack a little bit into the product side of the thing you mentioned it's like you're doing all these things like the video the social the like marketing of it you're putting together these kits like what like just so that people like we can pull back the curtain what does that look like when you you've got the you know the, the sewing kits like what goes into developing that and then putting it up online and then getting it into the hands of people because you're doing all that um, you might have a little bit of help, but you can explain that too. But like, just so we like, people can be like, okay, that's what goes into it. Like, it, it's kind of important to share that. I think it's yeah. So my last tutorial was the boxy tea tutorial. That was end of May, and I don't think I've dropped a tutorial like a DIY kit since. And so that's like almost four months, just off the top of my head, four or five months. So it takes a really long time because. I have to think of what I'm going to design. I have to research it. I have to actually try it myself. Um, there's so many adjustments that I end up making and I don't even make the patterns anymore because the thing about being a, a, a creator is there's so many things to do. And if you try to do them all, you're, you're just going to stay at your, like a slow growth rate. So I have a team or like a partner that does the patterns now. And I have my brother who does the fulfillment now. So I'm slowly like, outsourcing these smaller tasks that allow me to focus on the things that I think will help being better at storyboarding or like telling a story, I think will tie in well to a tutorial, for example, but back to the, I'm making this uh, cargo pants tutorial. And it's funny cause I teased out the idea in the summer in like June or July. And I feel like my audience is, is like, Hey, when's I going to drop four months later? And it's just, it's such a long process because I'm not even, like I said earlier, I didn't go to fashion school. I don't have any sewing, formal sewing experience beyond just doing it myself in my desk late at night, like deconstructing clothes. And so it's pretty tough for me to learn how to do this. And then after that learning, produce a tutorial for everyone else to learn, which... <laughs> For me, it, it's it's a super long process. Within that process, there's a lot of design. Like I like to, I like to design the sewing patterns because I like to add my own um, like twist to it. If you compare, I, I haven't actually seen like a proper proper sewing pattern. I should probably buy one for my own research. <laughs> but I, I like 
the way I've designed mine. Like, it, it doesn't, you know, when you see those, I think they're like, like schematic uh, design, like the yeah. blueprints to like different yeah. things. I kind of feel like that's what I want my my sewing patterns to look like. But yeah, they're just very, they're, all this stuff is like very time intensive and it's uh it's a long process but i'm i'm slowly speeding it up i i could see why it's taking so long and i'm trying to fix those things I'm trying to get more help cuz at the moment like just to pull back the curtain what what happened like how do how do these kits get put together and how do they get shipped to to if someone buys one i i have to source all the materials so i go to a print shop i get 50 or 60 100 of these sewing patterns printed my brother and I fold them, which is like, these are almost 100 inches by 36 inches. So you don't, <laughs> you need like two desks. You can't just, or you need the floor and it has to be clean, obviously. <laughs> so it takes a lot of time to fold the patterns and then stack them up. And then I have to buy all the inventory. So you buy these big, big rolls um, that are huge. And you have to, again, you, you can't, I don't like doing it on the floor, so I have to, I have like five tables in my house that I put together. I join them, spread them out, cut them, fold that. And so that's one kit. And then you have to do that for like 50, 30, whatever many you expect on making or how many you want to stock. You have to buy all the thread. If you're doing something like like the, the cargo pants that I'm going to drop, they have 10 buttons. They have interfacing. If you're doing the mesh shorts you have two types of fabric you have the elastic band you have interfacing you have a zipper there's so many pieces and you just put them all together put them in a bag and then if you look at my my all this all my inventory store in my bedroom and it's literally a warehouse bedroom it's a warehouse with a bed in it like there's no space for me to walk besides like skimming between some bins or like the tables that i have um it's a lot of work yeah and then obviously orders come in directly to you guys and then your brother ships them out to where they need to go. Yeah. We have a diamond printer. He's, I, I've gone to the point. I actually really enjoy fulfilling like the orders. I love just like getting it folded neatly, putting it in there, you know, thinking about how the customer is going to open it and see this insert and then have the, the logo line up perfect and then like stamping it. <laughs> I love doing that, but I can't anymore because it's so much time. There's there's a, a good amount of orders that come in every month. So I've just gave that responsibility to him to handle and so that I can focus on the things that will help me grow, like more videos, more designs, more DIY kits. Awesome. And how do you plan on scaling it, like past you and your brother? I think there's a, there's a lot of opportunity for the DIY kits alone. So... I think the kits actually by themselves just make sense even without the tutorial. So there's, um, right now I'm just selling DTC direct to consumer right off my website, but I can sell it retail. I could sell to wholesalers that are in the sewing niche. I could sell it to wholesalers that are in the fashion niche. Um, I could sell it to, you know, community or educational boards. I can open up a workshop. I can do, I feel like there's a lot of, other growth opportunities are just around the DIY kits alone. And then now on top of that, I'm also dropping normal, like ready to wear fashion. So there's a whole network of growth opportunities there. And then the YouTube side, just like basic merch, sewing tools. There's a lot of, it, it boils down to like 
my channel is like the top hierarchy in like a hierarchy thing. Even then, like YouTube is the top, but then so could it like, okay, YouTube goes down to DIY kits, ready to wear, sewing shop. And then even there, there's going to be more opportunities coming out of that eventually, but those are the three right now. And then each of those have their own retail opportunities. Each of those have their own place to grow. And so by grow, I think the only way to do is just hire more people. And I have a friend that's like gung ho about this just as much as I am. So he's, um, a lot more, uh, you know, business savvy. So he'll be in charge of that. I have a friend that does uh, video work. So he'll be, he'll help me with the content side a lot with the shooting post-production so that I can focus on stuff that I like the designs, the sewing aspect and like conveniently my, just like my best friends are all specialized in their own way, which conveniently lines up for a YouTube channel and someone with merch. So yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. Where did you learn all this? You know, there's some smart thinking going on here. Like, where did you, where did you, where have you figured this all out from? I, I did go to business school. Yeah. YouTube. Not YouTube. No, I'm, it's funny cause I'm a YouTuber, but I don't really watch YouTube. Like I didn't start watching YouTube until recently and recently, like the past two months wow. maybe. <laughs> and when I say like I started watching YouTube, I'm still watching the stuff I used to watch. Just like, I haven't got sucked into that YouTube vortex yet or like made it a habit to watch. I watch it purely for research, but I watch it for research on like the sewing or like video side. I don't watch it on how to monetize your channel, how to grow. Cause like, there's a lot of value to be had there. And I think I'm probably, um, overlooking how much, how useful those could be, but I'm just too fired up about just like being creative and like making what I want to make that I'm not even focused on how to grow it. I'm just listening to like, what are the thumbnails that I see on the home feed? What are the, the titles I'm reading? What are the trends? And I'm just trying to read like the feedback from comments and that, and just like, I feel like that alone is, is good enough for me, at least for now to like think of the next idea. And then when I have more time, I'll watch, I'll watch like how to grow properly and all that stuff. But, uh, I've just like been, I've always been excited to touch on new things like, serial entrepreneur trying to start new things. So this to me is such a, such a ripe opportunity because not only is there a business product side to it from a, like a tangible aspect, but there's that content creative side, which is like the merit, like my both, both my favorites. <laughs> so good. Hey, um, we're talking about like creative community and, um, like whether you have one or not, the other day and you're kind of like not really but you do this interesting thing i don't know if you're willing to share it like where you sort of like how you how you ask other experts um for advice yeah so i i have this this mental exercise ish because everyone's always asking me like who what's your network who are you reaching out to you know what's your uh how are you networking and to me i'm just stretched so thin already creating content creating product creating designs that I just haven't had the time to figure out who to reach out to and then what to ask them. So I have this exercise, which is just uh, a way of framing this idea or like question, but I picture someone who I'd want to reach out to like a, a sewing expert with like a million views or like a fashion stylist with a million views on YouTube or on IG. And I just, Imagine myself 
having a conversation with them in person or on text. And I imagine what I would ask. So what, what should my next step be? Or how can I grow my YouTube channel more? How can I create some more fire designs? And then I imagine them, I imagine their response. So they would be like, well, at the beginning, when I first started YouTube, I was like 6,000 subs. I was like pretending to ask this YouTuber, you know, how do I grow my channel? Like, what am I missing? And my imagined response from them was, well, you got to create more videos. So then I just, I just did it. Right. Cause I only had maybe like 16 videos at the time. And I was like, I guess like, this is what they would tell me because I don't have enough videos to really have enough data or like define my niche. So I just do it. And then the next time it's like, you know, how, what should I do these DIY kits to sell more? And then I just imagine someone being like, you know, make it more sticky, make it more personal to you, like tie it to your YouTube more, you know, create that connection. So then I was like, okay, yeah, I should probably do that. And then it's, it's funny cause you could just sit in a chair and think about these things. But when you think of asking it to a specific person, I feel like you create this imaginary response that's more personal or like tailored to what they might say. And that I, that kind of just opens up like a new perspective of something you don't typically think of. Cause you're always thinking, but like trying to get myself in someone else's brain kind of adds a new perspective. If that makes sense. I, I love it. I think it's fun, but it's also give, led you down like a really smart path. So I, I think it's great. Has anyone ever given you any of these imagine, imagined uh, experiences, given you dud advice? Um, not really because <laughs> I, I don't think so. <laughs> it, it, what's, like, what's dud advice? Because at a certain point, it's like I, I tried something and if it failed, then I just like adjust it. Like I don't, Maybe I, I don't let it become a dud. Like if it's a flop and I realize it, then I fix it sooner than it'll become a dud, if that makes sense. Yep. You know? I'm always adaptable, always always ready to pivot. Uh, it's awesome. No, I think you've got like a really interesting and good mindset. So it's kind of like, that's kind of why I wanted to share it. Yeah. And, and sort of, I think that's a really good exercise for people to try. You know, who, are you able to tell us who's the creator that told you? to make more videos or imagined to make more videos. Yeah. Who's that? Yeah. There's this, uh, there's actually this sewing, uh, YouTube channel called with Wendy. So she's actually in the same city as me. We know Wendy. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. okay. Sweet. Yeah. I've actually, so I've actually talked to her since then, since my imaginary conversation, I've actually had a mutual friend that connected us and I've had a real conversation, two calls with her actually, which were super helpful. Um, but at the time, you know, like another thing is when you're a creator, you're probably looking for guidance from people who are above you and above you in the sense, like more views, more subs, but you try to reach out to them. They probably have like a lot of DMS and who knows how much time they have to share advice. Similar to me, it's like, they're probably spread so thin. So even if I was able to reach out to all the people I want to, I'd probably get a response rate of like. 5%. And that's just a lot of time spent reaching out to people when I could be think of new videos, you know, putting my head down, putting in the work. So it's a fun, it's a silly exercise and it probably won't help for everyone, but it works for me when I, when I think when someone puts a pressure on like, yo, are you networking? I'd say, yeah, networking <laughs> in my, in my head. And, uh, yeah, that's it. All right. Well then it's time for you to pay it forward or pay it back, whichever way you want to look at it. So, um, I'm sure you get asked and you, or you, you're going to start getting asked really soon for advice from, 
for creators like what's your catch like do you have cat some catch-all advice for the, the the new creators coming through the next generation creators like what 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 okay maybe let's do the exercise what should they ask you what imagine like what should they imagine the question to ask you and what would you answer it if if they were if someone were to ask me let's say like, yeah from the youtube perspective maybe like someone's asked me where should i start i would say find out where your interests are find those channels on youtube that fulfill that interest uh that meet that need that have views so someone that's still putting out content you know it's not like they posted a year ago they're still putting it out they're getting decent views and learn from them so figure out you know what style of shots they're doing um what topics um even just like as you're watching i find like i always have my finger on the arrow key to hit next like mm. if you find a juicy part where you're rewinding or like you know you're skipping past the part you're basically like telling yourself what you like and what you don't like and that's a way for you to create your own content so if you're to start like look at that i mean you also want to look at titles and thumbnails those are so key before you really consider video engagement but um i think that's like a, a, a starting point maybe not catch all but like a starting point for a youtuber and then if you're looking to grow more i would say similar advice look at people who are doing really well in other niches too like it, even if though i'm in sewing i look at a lot of um fashion channels like stylists i think pops up on my feed a lot because I figured there's some similarities there that people with that interest might also want to do sewing and yeah, pay attention to your analytics. Uh, that would probably be like the key key thing for me is look at where your audience is watching uh, other videos, other channels and study those so you could figure out what they like and build a basically be able to create some kind of content that better matches their interests. Super. All right, so everyone, don't don't uh, bug Dre. He's clearly busy, um, as you can hear. <laughs> but if you've got a question, maybe hopefully ask that question, and then that's your answer. Um, I still try to answer my DMs pretty often. If anyone's out there, okay, open invitation. Flood his DMs. Let's go nuts. Um, you got a question? <laughs> just go to Glory Allen. You'll find him on Insta and YouTube, and hit the DMs and hit the comments, and Dre's up for the the, the answers. That's good. I also, honestly, like comments, it's funny because when you're in the sewing niche, there's a big community. And when someone asks a question on IG or on my TikTok or on YouTube, there are other users that are answering those questions. A lot of times, I don't even, if it's a very specific sewing question, I don't even have the answer. But there's someone else who's like, well, what machine are you using? How are you doing this? And they're having a full-on conversation in my video in the comments. And I'm just like, this is amazing. Yeah, that's so good. Unfortunately, Dre, I don't have a good segue to end it, but um, that's our that's time for our episode. So, like, shocking segue. Let's just do it. Let's just just pull the pin. But thanks so much for hanging out with us on on Creative Generation. Like, yeah, like, I love what you're doing. Uh, I think, um, yeah, look out. You know, Glory Allen and the 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 label, the, the creator, the channel. It's all. It's going to be. Uh, you'll you'll see it everywhere soon. So, thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Create a generation. Look on the mic.